You are now listening to the Late to the Party Podcast. See, Kyrie got suspended. Yeah, dude, I definitely want to have a little rant about that at the end of the game, at the end of this, if we can. I know we're college football, but I've been bitching about that all week. I think it's pathetic how long in the NBA it took, especially with Adam Silver being Jewish. I think that's fucking embarrassing that it took this long to do something about it. I, I, that guy is, he, he is such a dis, despicable person. <laughs> I mean, all the things he's done, it's crazy how this might be his downfall finally. Yeah, I do. I, I don't. I honestly think once his contract's up with the Nets, I honestly think he's going to retire. I'm not joking. I think that was fine. actually the point on Touch and Rich this morning. Like, uh, they won't let him go right now, or they can't trade him really because nobody wants him. But like no. when his contract up is like, who in the NBA is actually going to want to sign him? Maybe the Lakers, and that's about I it. I think the Lakers would hold their nose and sign him. Yeah, they do something stupid like that. So, all right, you guys ready to go? Start us off. Kick it off. All right, guys, welcome back to Lead to the Party podcast. Man, I am tired. It's been a long week trying to Yeah, Vegas, baby. I, I know, dude. I Yeah, I came back on Tuesday, got in at a solid 1 o'clock in the morning, just been trying to catch up on not only my jet lag. I know it's only three hours, but still, when you don't get that much sleep and have to go to work the next day, it's always tough. But nonetheless, it was awesome watching some college football in Vegas. I was at Planet Hollywood uh, losing my mind about Ohio State in the first half which I guess we can start off with that game to go uh, to start. I mean, I was literally, you know, Trevor, I was texting you flipping the fuck out uh, in the middle of the game because I was like, I, I couldn't understand the play calling that was going on from Ohio State's perspective. And mm-hmm. then I had I had to go to the music festival uh, when we were young. And while I was waiting in line, the entire fourth quarter I missed, which was the best part of the game. I had no service. Nothing. So I was sitting in line, freaking out, not knowing what the hell was going on in the game. We finally get through the gates, and then my phone loaded, and it said that Ohio State won 44-31. to I was shocked. I was like, what the fuck could have happened in those 12 minutes? And, dude, I mean, I want to get your perspective on it, guys. I mean, the game went, to me, as predictably as I, as I thought it would. I thought, at first, Ohio State would struggle. You know, going into Happy Valley, they were always up for that game. It's a big game for them. Um, but I thought they would do enough just to hold them at bay. And eventually you can't stop that offense. You can only hope to contain it. They contained it for a while. I know there was mistakes made by both sides, but they pulled away. You know, I was impressed by Penn State, Parker Washington. That guy looks like a great receiver. Like, he kind of had his way with Ohio State for the most part. But um, I think eventually, you know, the uh, the water found its level and Ohio State's still undefeated and they they're in the driver's seat up until the Michigan game. So, yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Like I, uh, I don't know, I think I caught the end of the game too. I believe Penn State had just gone up twenty-one to sixteen. Then Ohio State was just like, nah, we'll just score two touchdowns real quick, and it was kind of over from there. And uh, I don't know, like Stroud is a great player. But Marvin Harrison Jr. might be the best player on your offense. That guy 100%. is such a freaking stud. Like, I know you guys got an embarrassment of riches for wide receivers, but he is, like, definitely top five wide receiver in the league, like, in a couple of years. No doubt yeah, about it. Yeah, well, actually, you stole my thunder right there because that's what Joe Klatt said on the broadcast. He thinks that Marvin Harrison is going to be the best receiver in the NFL in five to six years, which honestly – He's got the skill set. He's got a father who's a Hall of Fame football player, but he's bigger, he's faster, and he has more of a wingspan than his dad did, which is, like, pretty ridiculous when you put all those tangibles together. 
It's it's nuts. I mean, you saw a glimmer of it last year in the Rose Bowl. The season he's been having, he's been he's been catching balls for over 100 yards all season. He's had this is another 10 catch game where he almost caught for a hunt for almost 200 yards, and he had seven, a lot of big plays on those third downs. I mean, talk, rant and rave all you want about the offense. The dude who single-handedly won the game for Ohio State was JT Tuomolau. I mean, that guy was unbelievable on Saturday. The dude had fucking two sacks. He had two interceptions. One was a pick six. One, he had a forced fumble, and he recovered his own fumble. And he had, all, I think he also had four tackles for loss. I mean, and I haven't seen a stat sheet like that on a defensive player in a long time. And it was like really funny, too, because I remember last year in Ohio State, they everyone gave him shit. Mostly Michigan Twitter was giving him shit because uh, they all went to the airport when JT Tuomua was on his recruiting visit. And Ryan Day and all of them all dressed up in Hawaiian shirts to greet him at the airport. And they're like, why are they going all out for this guy? Why are they fucking uh, going to the airport trying to make this push for this dude? Well, you saw on Saturday why exactly they all did that. Mm-hmm. And now on the flip side... When do we get to see Drew Alar for Penn State? I mean, I feel like you know what you are with Sean Clifford by now. He's played enough. I feel, feel like he, you you know the sailing with him. I know I'm a hater of Sean Clifford, but when do you start going with this highly, highly touted guy, like now that you kind of have to play out the string a little bit, I feel like you have to temper your expectations now that you're Penn State. Like when do you get when do you got to break this kid in? Do you think well, it's no, a Saturday? It's- I mean, you, I think I think Drew Aller, I mean, I've been kind of vouching for him all year because you absolutely know what you're seeing, Sean Clifford. But I'll even take it a step further. I'm looking at James Franklin here as well. Like, dude, I, he recruits well at Penn State. They always have a competitive team, but they suck in these big games. What is he, like 1 in 10 now, I think, against the top five? I mean, you, that's not going to get it done, especially at a school like Penn State. I mean, Happy Valley is one of the most difficult places to play in the country. Anyone who plays there, it's always – no matter what the time of day, Michigan and Ohio State both have issues playing there. Despite them winning the game, it's never fucking easy. But these fourth quarter meltdowns is what kills Penn State. And it, so, it happens so much. Ohio State goes to Happy Valley. It happened in 28, uh, 2017 with Dwayne Haskins when they had a fourth quarter meltdown. They had a fourth quarter meltdown in Columbus. Um, I know kind of straight away from that, but like it's just kind of like a trend that we're seeing here with these James Franklin teams where they show up to play. They did it earlier this season too, against Michigan. You remember that? I mean, they, oh, yeah. granted mm-hmm. Michigan, Michigan was pretty dominant the entire game, but you know, two mistakes they're they're all of a sudden leading at halftime and then boom, they just fucking puke on themselves in the second half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like similar situation. You kind of know what you, you have now with Franklin. He's more sizzled than steak. But, I mean, you're stuck with him for a while. Not, he's not a horrible coach, but he has such a bloated contract uh, that you're kind of stuck with him, similar to uh, to what's going on with Michigan State's coach. And uh, maybe we could transition to that debacle. Yeah. Let's you do go, it, baby. You so, want to go right into what happened in the big house? <laughs> sure. One thing I have to say for Michigan. Michigan funny, how, funny how we call it that. <laughs> Michigan needs to start quicker out the gate. I mean, it's great that they're making good halftime adjustments, but when they start playing, when they play Ohio State, I mean, it's going to be too late if you're trying to make a if you're trying to make adjustments at halftime. So I definitely want them to see them come come out a little uh, less flat, I guess. Um, but in general, I mean, it, that's just how the uh, kind of how I expected it to go. Where it kind of, I mean, that's how Michigan wins. They grind teams down, and Trevor's favorite thing, right? What Michigan did is 
They didn't do anything stupid. They kicked field goals when they needed to. And at the end of the game, it was 29 to 7. I mean, they kicked like four field goals in the second half. And I mean, you wouldn't know that by the score. You would think it was a blowout. Michigan just took the points. They took what they got. And now uh, they won the game. Uh, on the Michigan State side of things, um, as a Michigan fan, I would say um, if I was Jim Harbaugh, I would give that kid who is uh, kind of like running by Michigan State's team at the end of the game some type of punishment or talking to. Like, I get, listen, I know you're not expecting you to get jumped, but I mean, what good is going to happen if you just beat your biggest rivals and you're kind of skipping through them in the locker room? But besides the, that point, like, when, once you start fucking hitting people with your helmets and doing shit like that, like, I mean, come on, dude. You're just stupid. Like, you just probably threw your college career away just, just for one game. Or you got eight guys who were suspended in that. I mean, yeah. I, I just, like, I the thing with Michigan State, it's just, like, it just kind of, their entire season has just been a complete disaster. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Um, and this just is just the icing on the cake, if anything, a massive icing, because this was a, such a black eye for the program. And there were some videos that were taken of that fight by mothers of recruits from Michigan State on visit. More empathetic. It's like, I don't even know what to think in terms of like, if you're, you're, you want your, your, your son to go play football there, and then you see that shit going on in the tunnel. And I, I don't want, I'm not trying to be like devil's advocate here either, and I'm not trying to point the finger at anybody. But I, I mean, I kind of agree with what Matt was saying. The whole tunnel situation, that guy on Michigan was sort of like, trending behind a little bit, kind of instigating, and I'm not condoning anything that Michigan State players did. But the the tunnel thing at the big house, it, it, this has been a sight for the last, like, ever, actually, of, like, two teams sharing the tunnel as they go back in at halftime. I mean, you're you're talking Ohio State has gotten into multiple arguments yeah. with their... So not to just, interrupt you, actually, but, like, James Franklin literally just complained about this last game when Penn State was there. He said this was going to happen. Yeah. You're talking about top-ranked teams in the Big Ten that are fighting it out and emotions are running high, and then you're going back in the locker room and one team is chirping the other team or, they, like, someone rubs somebody the wrong way. It's a fight asking to be asking to happen. I mean, you see it in Columbus. Michigan comes out on the opposite tunnel of the field where Michigan – I mean, Ohio State comes on the other one. And I just think that I don't, I don't really know, like, I guess – you could really say it's a little bit of an advantage for Michigan if they start getting to get under their skin and then like the crowds all riled up. But man, we've just been seeing now it's just been just fights and we remember last year in the Ohio State Michigan game. There was a whole brawl in the locker room that no one got jumped, but you, it was tons of videos of it. Yeah, unfortunately, this has turned into a really ugly rivalry lately. Um, even the fan who touched Mel Tucker on the head at the end of the game, there was no need for that. I just. Um, Unfortunately, fair or not, look, the perception we say perception is reality. Whether this is true or not, now you have the perception of your Mel Tucker, you have no control over your program. You have no control over your kids. They're undisciplined. They're going off and jumping people, like eight, a 10 on one situation. Like, and I mean, look, unfortunately, if, if uh, you know, Nick Saban's not going to do the right thing and not even punish his guy for hitting a woman on the field. I guess I wouldn't expect his protege to do the right thing and hit, make these guys go to the transfer portal. I guess, yeah, all right, suspending indefinitely is not nothing. But, I mean, come on, these guys, if you want to send the message and say, I do have control over my players, hit these, have these kids hit the transfer portal. I'm not going to affect your team one way or another. You guys suck this year. Like, you're a shell of yourself. Like, one and four they, in the big time. Yeah, they, they own the coffin next week when uh, 
when Chase uh, Chase Brown and Illinois runs all over that team, and they put they finally put them out of their misery. I feel like the the arrow's so down right now on Mel Tucker. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's a real bad look. Um, I, I that's going to be a bad buyout if they if the way that's trending right now for that coaching hire. Um, I know we don't want. I know we're not going to touch on every single game today because I know that we want to obviously wrap things up uh, in, in a timely manner. But I think one game we have to fucking talk about is this Oklahoma State Kansas State game. I, dude. I mean, we see this every fucking year with Oklahoma State. This is exactly what I talked about early on in the year about Oklahoma State. It's the same old song and dance every year. They will always come out of the gates on fire, and everyone's like, okay, they're gonna they're gonna do something in the Big Twelve, and then they lay a stinker. I mean, this was beyond a stinker. This was pathetic beyond belief. Yeah, it was the dud of the year by far in all college football. Like, I... Shavon, probably David biggest Lyon. front runner you'll ever see, right? Man, I mean... Yeah, I just... I was stunned when I saw that final. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> what the... Shame on me for sticking with Oklahoma State and thinking they'd win the Big 12 in the beginning of the year and... Sticking with them throughout the year. It's, it's TCU or bust now in that conference. Like, delay such a dud like that. How do you score no points in a Big 12 game with the way they play defense in that conference? Are you fucking kidding me? Like, good Lord. That's the more embarrassing part, right? That they could, didn't even score one point in, one point. in that freaking conference? Nothing. 48 nothing. Yeah, how does Spencer Sanders, who was balling out for the last year and a half, how the hell does he go a game without scoring a point? I just... It's like it's like the monsters, the monsters, the aliens come in and they they stole the powers of the NBA players. It's like they stole the powers of Spencer Sanders for one game. It's crazy. He had a he had a QBR of thirty nine point three. That's so fucking gross. Oh, crazy. Trevor, didn't I have to tell you too that freaking um, Adrian Martinez didn't even play? That's what I said I mean, before. That's where it I started. Just, it's just mind. It's just mind boggling. It's just freaking. That's just. That between that and the uh, Wake Forest getting killed at Louisville, those are the two biggest losers of, of the week for me. Oklahoma State and Wake Forest. I, I, I mean, by far. Did you see that um, stat chart or uh, Louisville Wake Forest? It was like the start of the third quarter. The like the first six drives that Wake Forest had. I think they fumbled on five out of six of them, and then they threw a pick. It was like yeah. an absurd amount of like turnovers. They just kept fumbling and throwing picks and. I, I, and that's my other bone I'm going to pick. But I mean, I, I, I wouldn't have an issue with, like, touching up on one game because I really have something. To, I told you guys earlier this week. I have something to say about the fucking ACC. Um, and just Go what, ahead. A train, what a train wreck Before it's been. I mean, I mean, we, I mean I, I, we'll talk, I, I'll save my comments to the ACC in a little bit. I definitely want to talk, touch on a couple other games here okay. um, that we've gone yeah. over. Um, I, I did not have a good week picking games at all, as you can tell. Uh, it was rough. I had uh, I tried to pick West Virginia over TCU, which I honestly thought for a little bit that might pull it off, but TCU yeah. obviously uh, had a that strong was, uh, fourth quarter. That was a pretty good game, an old-fashioned Big 12 shootout. It was a game for a while. Yeah. I just think that TCU, I, I don't know. It's just I, they're good, and I think they'll be good enough to probably win the Big 12, but I just I don't think they're better than the, the top five teams. It's just That's just my opinion. Yeah. I mean, don't you feel like TCU and Clemson are quite similar with how they're going about business right now? Like, they're undefeated, but they're not blowing anybody out. They're in close games, and they're in conferences that are good but not not great at all. And I feel like they're – yeah, like you say, they're not, neither of those teams are on the same level as the uh, the big four right now. So I, I just think Clemson and TCU 
are quite similar. Maybe one will get in the playoff, but they won't be deserving of it. I can. I don't know. I don't. I just. I feel like there's going to be a one-loss Alabama in there before TCU gets in. Well, I think to be a yeah. one-loss Tennessee or one-loss Georgia. Well, that's what I mean. I mean. That's kind of what I'm yeah. like. I think even TCU even like a one, even a loser of uh, Ohio State Michigan might get in before. I think TCU. there has to be like a TCU and some help to for them to get in. I think it's going to be yeah, they're gonna, fucking, yeah. going to be total fucking chaos if Georgia wins this weekend and then Georgia loses to Alabama in the SEC championship game. Then you have just complete. You know that. Yeah, I mean, you, you should already just prepare yourself for it because it's probably going to happen. Oh, God. <laughs> I guess I wanted to stay on the ACC because one of the points I made was just how I think the ACC is just so ridiculous this year. And it kind of goes into this next game. And I had a guilt, not guilt. I had, my conscience was telling me that this was going to happen on Saturday. And that was Notre Dame and Syracuse. This, this whole, I know, I know you're kind of smirking a little bit about that, Trevor, but put it this way. As bad of a season that Notre Dame has had on paper, they've beaten the best of the ACC handily and both on the fucking road and i just think that to me is just going to be i mean they present themselves an interesting case this weekend now that they get syracuse i mean uh clemson at home so we're all irish this, i mean obviously we're going to the picks later but we, we're all irish this weekend right i know i am um yeah i mean i definitely want to i'm definitely want to root against clemson for sure i'm so <laughs> sick of this team i don't think they're that good and i need someone just to put, put them in the acc out of their misery I mean, I was pleasantly surprised with what Notre Dame did. They they finally did the game plan I wanted them to. They should have done this against Stanford. You're 50 pounds bigger than them, than their D-line. And, you know, you're going – some of those plays, you're going nine-man fronts, and you're just handing the ball off, handing the ball off. I, right up the middle, I was loving it. I was, like, yelling at Tommy Reeves. Like, I don't want Drew Pine throwing at all. I wanted, like, a Mac Jones against Buffalo situation. Throw the ball three times. Throw the ball on third down when you have to. I, didn't, I don't nah. think they ran it enough. They had 250 yards rushing. And I think they're going to add more. And uh, between that and the Brandon Joseph pick six, first play of the game, and their special teams look good. They blocked five kicks this year. So um, Notre Dame's just frustrating me this year. It's like they look really good in some games, and then they have just these stinkers. And I mean, we'll see what happens. Drew Pine can only get you so far. We'll talk about the picks later. But I mean, finally, I was I was a happy man on Saturday. Just the ability that they they have three good running backs. They finally used them all, and let's just keep it going. Notre Dame ran the ball 56 times. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I wanted more. They shouldn't even throw it. Drew Pine, Drew Pine, every time Drew Pine fucking steps back, he looks like he's going to, he just looks like a high school kid sometimes. He just airmails balls. He like threw an awful pick. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, Notre Dame's got to think about possibly grabbing a kid from the transfer portal in December when that goes on. I mean, mm-hmm. shit, why don't, I don't know, I don't know what his uh, test scores are, but that kid from Toledo, man, he's going to end up somewhere. <laughs> I forgot his last name. I, he, yeah. I'm telling you, dude. I mean, like, he's going to be one of those guys that's hitting the portal and he's going to go play in the D1 team. But um, Notre Dame should definitely be looking at a passer because, uh, yeah, I agree with you, Trevor. Drew Pines, uh, it's been rough watching him play. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't really care to touch on Florida, Georgia that much. I think we all expected that one. Uh, um, I just think, just, we can yeah. skip that one. Yeah, Florida stinks. I'm just sick and tired of it. I do want to talk about Tennessee real quick, though, because, man, they, yep. they, they're they looking better and better, man. I just, oh, yeah. they, they, they kicked the living shit out of uh, Kentucky this weekend. 
Yeah, I was kind of pleasantly surprised by that because I feel like Kentucky's had their downs lately, but they're they're a solid team. But they just they just like got completely annihilated. And Tennessee's taking care of business every week now. They got their top wide receiver back. He played a little bit last week. He's full to go this weekend. Um, they're just clicking on all cylinders right now. I know the defense, the pass defense, still a little shaky, but you didn't see it this past week, and you might see it coming up against Georgia. But Tennessee, I'm still getting those uh, 2019 LSU vibes. They're just explosive. Before Matt says anything, can I just do a pre-loser uh, loser? Go. My pre-loser <laughs> is, is, Mel, is Mel Kuyper Jr. Oh, as, yeah. of, as of today, Mel Kuyper Jr. has Will Levis going fourth overall in the NFL draft. Tennessee has one of the worst pass defenses in the country. I understand they're a fantastic football team, but their pass defense is fucking awful. Will Levis had a QBR on Saturday of 16.4. He threw three picks, and he was 16 to 27 for 98 yards. How on earth can you sit here and tell me that this guy is a lottery pick in the draft? Not a chance. I mean, I was fine on Levis coming in, but I think Hendon Hooker's passed him. I'd take Hendon Hooker first in the draft as opposed to Levis, you know? Guys, I think I'd take over Will Levis right now in, in college football. Mm, yeah, it's, he's been shaky lately, obviously, to say the least. So, Isn't it going to be crazy when Hendon Hooker gets drafted, he's going to be 25? I mean, Joe Burrow was, what, 23, 24 when he got drafted? True. He's roughly around the same age. I mean, he got his team to the Super Bowl within two years, so who knows? Maybe Not Bell draft him. He loves the, he loves the old guys, right? So. No, that's, a, no that's, a, that's the last thing you... Patriot fans need is another freaking quarterback fiasco. You got Zappy and Jones and then Hendon Hooker coming to town. Come on. <laughs> I forgot who I mean I, this is a little bit of a tangent, but I forgot who who did the rankings. Maybe it was Chris Sims or like the NFL. Oh god. I don't, I, they I had like fucking care. Sam El, uh they did like they redrafted the Mac Jones thing and they had like Sam Ellinger going ahead of Mac Jones. I'm like, he hasn't even he played one fucking game. That's going to be a hell of a matchup Sunday, Ellinger and Jones. Look, anyways, we're, we're getting too far away from this. Let's get back on track. <laughs> yeah, I think that kind of wraps it up for all the games. I mean, in terms of anything that was like meaningful, but I guess like what we can talk about briefly was the rankings that happened yeah. on um, on Tuesday. So, Matt, I mean, I want your opinion first. Michigan got ranked fifth. I don't agree with that, but I also think a lot of it has to do with their non-conference schedule, the reason why this was, they were placed there. Um, what were your thoughts? Whoa, we're not going to go. Uh, we weren't going to go into the uh, the big upset of uh, UConn over Boston College. <laughs> you really want to talk about that? I was just going to say, you know what? No, I'm actually, I love beating this dead horse. No, well, well, Matt, I actually was saving it later for my ACC rant because Boston, I mean, it's not, I'm not, I know we joke about the Northeast teams a lot around here. As a college football FBS as a whole, Boston College has been the biggest disappointment this you know, year by far. I, I just, I, I, I'll, I, we can talk about the rankings, but I just, I got to get this off my chest. Go ahead. Go. Never we'll, liked, we'll I've never liked Boston College, but like, all I've heard, the new coach, they're going to be a better team. They're recruiting Jim better. Valley. They get fuck. Um, they got a fucking Phil Jerkovich on their team, and like, honestly, I like when this guy was first on the team. Even I said, I was like, oh man, this guy looks good. He fucking sucks. The team sucks. And I just like, 
They just, they're a bad, you lost a fucking UConn. Like, okay, I get it. Like, UConn has, has a, a better coach now. They're, they're still up and coming. Their players still suck. They still don't recruit. Boston College should be retu- recruiting twice the athletes that UConn has. And they just fucking lost to them. It's, like, embarrassing. Like, you're supposed to be better, and you're losing to fucking UConn? Like, how do you, like, that's rock bottom. That's more rock bottom than Nebraska, because at least Nebraska is, like, has history, and people probably, someday they'll probably be good again. But, like, there's nothing good about BC. There's literally nothing good about going to Boston College. And they're probably never going to be good again. And, honestly, they probably shouldn't even be in the ACC. It's okay. It's one thing to score three points against Clemson, fine. But to score three points with Phil Jakovic, Zay Flowers, and Jeff Halfley against UConn. <laughs> you should be fucking demoted to the American right now. <laughs> and the funny thing is, is BC was favored by eight, and they scored three points. Yeah, they're not a good Great. football team this year. They're terrible. And, like, I, I was – I mean – I mean, Jerkovich had a QBR of sixteen point two on the week over the weekend. I mean, just pathetic. I mean, oh, I mean, break a quarterback one on one. How to take a good quarterback and break him? Give him no offensive line. Take a you lose your offense coordinator to Pittsburgh, and then you bring in some the random tight ends coach from uh, Notre Dame, John McNulty. He obviously sucks. He can't call plays. And you take a a rookie head coach who's clearly in over his head. Doesn't know how to coach yet. And now you have Phil Jakovic, who was supposed to be a first-round pick. He'll probably go undrafted, or he's probably going to hit the transfer portal again. If I'm him, I'm, I'm in the transfer portal for one more year. Do you guys know, uh, guess how many turnovers Boston College had in this game? Um, well, I, I looked briefly and saw that Jerkovic had two picks, so I'm going to go with four. They had five. Oh, my uh, God. Five, they... Jerkovich threw three picks and he fumbled twice. It was all Jerkovich. Mm, I think he, I think he's gonna get benched by the end of the year. They have a, some. Backup, I, I mean, I if, if this isn't a fucking wake up call to bench him, then just Jeff Hadley needs to think. I mean, dude, Jerkovich had two picks right here. So I'm reading all the stats. Jerkovich had two picks, and then the backup quarterback came in. Moorhead, he threw a pick. Yeah, I think Moorhead. So. Then Jerkovich fumbled the ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then the uh, flowers. They're uh, they're running back. I think is that their running back? No, he's, he's a receiver. He's a good receiver. He's a receiver. Game, you know. He's a yeah, he's a so, guy. Yeah, flowers fumbled twice. He also oh, had negative. Yeah. He had negative ten yards rushing, and he also had two catches for thirty five yards. I mean, dude. I mean, I mean, this is. I mean that, and people get why college football isn't popular around here. Because this is what this is the product that's coming out on the field um, in New England all the time, and and it's 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 a sad sad day for Boston College. I mean, they can't figure it out. Surprisingly, their came out this week, and he, he said he's keeping uh, he's keeping athlete. He's he, he gave him an endorsement. So well, that's because they, be, they're okay. honestly like they're not going to be able to get anybody better. Like, yeah, what are you going to do? Like, it's going to have to ride out this 2-10 and ten season right now. They're probably going to lose to Duke football tomorrow night at home. But um, it's going to be rough. Maybe they – hopefully they can bounce back next year if you're a BC fan. But you're, you're looking at a 2-10 and ten season to end, this, to end right now. So if we're, we're moving on to something that BC will never be in, the college playoff. Well, they would have <laughs> been in 2007 probably. They would have had a shot. Oh. So I'm looking – you know, it's crazy, right? So I only okay. really looked at, like, the top – Eight rankings. I don't. I don't know why. I know that's a random number, but I did not know that LSD was number ten, and I didn't realize they were top five. 
SEC teams in the top 11, which is kind of crazy, actually. Um, trying to build up Alabama's uh, schedule, strength of schedule. That's why. When All right, so when the rankings come out, um, I think I was more surprised to honestly see Tennessee number one more than being surprised to see Michigan out of the top four. Why is that? Uh, I, don't, I just – because Tennessee – I don't know. Maybe – okay, they probably deserve to be there, right? But, like, Tennessee's kind of just been, like, this under the radar, like, nobody thought they'd be here story. And now the first rankings come out and they're number one. Like, I'm, I know the picks are going to come out later, but I think Georgia's going to blow Tennessee out. That will – that is my – that is going to be my pick of the week. Um, I mean, yeah, Athens is a different animal than uh, obviously what they've been playing in this season, you know. So, but um, I wasn't super surprised to see Michigan number five. I think last year the rankings came out and I there were seven or eight, like I told you guys. Um, I don't know I feel like they just put Clemson there because they want to like make the ACC feel like they're still important. But I mean, everyone plays each other, so it's all kind of going to get settled out in the next couple of weeks. I don't know why, I but. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm looking. Kind of just looking at the top ten now, and I honestly think if Oregon wins out, they would have a better shot at the playoff than TCU does. Well, does that does that mean TCU wins out as well? So you think undefeated TCU not get in over Oregon? So who would Oregon still has to play? I don't think that's a case. I think TCU wins out and they win the Big Twelve championship. I think they're going to be in. Ugh, that'd be so gross. I know, but here's what's going to happen, and that, here's the path to that. If Ohio State and Michigan both play each other, one of them is going to lose, and the loser of that game will not go to the playoff, and they'll go to the Big Ten championship, so that will be the Big Ten winner. I think there's a whole bunch of other things that are going to happen. If Tennessee were to lose, uh, then that's a problem for TCU. I think if Georgia wins and TCU has more of an argument, that's going to be a problem. The worst-case scenario for TCU is if Tennessee wins this weekend. See, this is I like, do. now I'm going to go off on a little tangent here and let you guys go in a second. So if we actually went to expanded playoffs and you gave me the top eight teams right now, I would be like, great, that actually makes sense. But, like, once you start getting into LSU and Ole Miss, and I'm like, now what are we doing here? Like, L- the way LSU's played this season, like, you want them in a playoff? Again, that's like a whole a different story. Again, I'm not too upset with the rankings. Everything's going to figure themselves out. And we all, we all know what's going to happen. There's going to be three SEC teams in the playoffs in either Ohio State or Michigan. And that's that's just the way college football rolls these days. Well, here's the – I also – and I want to get your the thoughts on it, Trevor. Is it the new rule that's coming in in a couple of years? It's the top two teams that get a buy or is it the top four that get a buy? I thought it was the top four and they go on the 12 teams. And that means if right now, based off the rankings – They'd be playing the games at college at the college stadiums in uh, the higher ranked seeds um, uh, area. So that means UCLA would go to Ann Arbor, and Old Miss would go to Alabama, LSU would go to TCU. So it's it's got it's top it's top two because that wouldn't make any sense. I'd leave one team out. So that means UCLA would go to Georgia, Old Miss would go to Clemson, LSU would go to Michigan, USC would go to Alabama. Fucking that sucks. And then uh, Oregon would go to TCU. Fucking that sucks. <laughs> but that's so fucking awesome, though. I'm so excited for that format to come in because I do think that it's it's interesting because now you have something to play for that eliminates the, oh, you know, we can just ride off if it's the top four and then we get a buy. The top two is a very interesting argument because you get that buy that is massive. 
Mm -hmm. having to play. Like, can you imagine, like, I'm I'm thinking of a shit scenario here. Like, imagine that Alabama loses to LSU this weekend, and they drop down, and then they win out, and then they get the 12 seed, and then the fourth seed has to fucking play Alabama in the first round. Mm, Oh, gosh. Oh, God, uh, I can't wait! I can't wait for this format. It's gonna be fucking awesome. <laughs> I just I don't agree with the rankings. Obviously, mine's where I'm keeping pat with what I had from last week. But I just find it funny everybody kind of flips their shit over week one of the rankings. This stuff works itself out. A little trivia question: I heard last week during a game, the when they came out with the first college rankings nine years ago, the very first number one team was Dak Prescott. Dan Mullen and the Mississippi State Bulldogs, and where they end up that year, they were not in the playoffs. So they went off the train. I think things will work themselves out. I want to see the scenario where, and this could very well happen, maybe not so much for Clemson, but let's say Clemson trips up, they lose the game, they're out. Let's say TCU very likely could lose the game, they're out. I'm, you know, I think you'd have the loser of Michigan, Ohio State could still be in, depending on how that game went. It's like right down the wire. And then you've got whoever out of three teams from the SEC, take two of them. I I would be very comfortable with having Michigan and Ohio State, two Big Ten teams and two SEC teams. Kind of a uh, little preview of what we're going to get with world domination here between those two conferences coming up in a few years. So I think the, I really think the only way that happens is if uh, you take Ohio State, Michigan, vice versa, one of them loses. I think uh, TCU has to lose season. I think if they lose midseason, then they're out. And then I also think that I, I think there's going to have to be more chaos in terms of like the Pac-12 in order for that to happen because I don't know. It's it's a it's a really compelling argument. I just think that the way the SEC the SEC voting in is fucking killed this four-team playoff because it's ruined the other chances for other teams to get in. And you can believe what you want to believe, but I just I, 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 that's, I just think that Tennessee and Georgia, one of them loses this weekend. I think Tennessee will have a, is going to have a much tougher road to getting to um, the uh, SEC championship game because I believe they're in the same division as Georgia. So that would essentially yeah, – So basically, this is, for, this is for the East coming up this Saturday. Winner goes yeah. to the title game. So, Which is like uh, – it's so – freaking ridiculous to me that that's even a thing i mean i I, like what what you know what's even crazier though think about this if lsu upsets alabama this weekend alabama is officially eliminated there's no way that they can go and make the playoff they're done yeah they were but too lost the way they look yeah they would not be considered anymore so So, um all right uh where do you guys want to move on to next you want to do winners and losers of the week Yeah. yeah quick i got a short list so um I already talked about my two biggest losers with Wake Forest and uh, Oklahoma State. Pathetic. Uh, my last one, I have a simultaneous winner and loser, and I both both have to do with the Stanford mascot. I don't know if you heard about the story, but the, the tree, the famous tree from Stanford. A few weeks ago against uh, Arizona State at halftime, he unveiled a sign on the field that said, Stanford hates fun. And so this past weekend, the school suspended the guy, not the tree. They found the backup mascot, but the tree <laughs> will be alive. But the suspended the tree. Himself, suspended indefinitely. So that kid's the winner. You're pointing out that you think your school's lame and they hate fun. I guess this was over a party that got out of hand and the school flipped out about it. Um, so I'm giving you kudos to the kid. You're a winner for pointing that out. 
and Stanford itself. The kids are already pointing out the fact that you hate fun and you shut them down. Therefore, you hate fun. You're a loser, Stanford. I can't believe Notre Dame lost to Stanford in their freaking 14-point game. No fun team university <laughs> offense. Ugh, so gross. So, tree man, wherever you are, my friend, hope you, hopefully you're getting late on Thursday, Thursday tonight, even though you don't have the costume anymore. You're a winner in my book for pointing out that they don't like fun and Stanford. Stop being so damn stuffy. And, you know, anyways. <laughs> All right. Matt, you got any winners or losers? Uh, I did. I one loser I had written down was Cincinnati. I think their 19, uh, 19 game unbeaten streak against uh, conference opponents uh, down the drain. Which, UCF, baby, I picked you. UCF, you came through. Uh, Louisville beating anybody in football—that's uh, a loss <laughs> for that team. They don't have Lamar. Lamar Jackson ain't coming out those doors. How are you going to lose that game? Uh, give me one second. UConn, I did ha- have as a winner. Uh, I like to shit on BC all the time, but I mean, good for them. That's a good win. I mean, they're probably the best team in New England now. How fucking sad Hashtag is that? Jim Morrison coach. Hashtag Jim Morrison coach. Um, then I had Penn State as a loser because they had the chance to win that game or at least be in that game, and they still ended up getting blown out because they left their stupid garbage-ass quarterback, Sean Clifford, in. And he did Sean Clifford things. I get Ohio State's defense is better, but God, you, you, uh, you what, what was it that line? You had us and you let him off the hook. I mean, dude, they, they passed all over the Ohio State defense. The problem was that Sean Clifford just continued to turn the ball over. He fumbled. He, he had four turnovers alone. So, he yeah. had a fumble and three picks. Shocking. I'm, I can't believe Sean Clifford would ever do that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I talked about my loser was James Franklin earlier because I just feel like he just fucking does this every single year. He just his teams always have a collapse in the fourth quarter that screws them over in a big moment. Um, I talked about Oklahoma State. They're another big loser of mine. I mean, that was absolutely pathetic over the weekend. I had um, I mean, Wake Forest, another big loser. But one of my I, but before I get to my winner, I think the biggest loser out of them all is definitely the ACC. I think it's such a pathetically gross conference. You're talking. Uh, Notre Dame has shown per- ridiculously why ACC is overrated. I mean, you have UNC and Syracuse who both are going to get a shot at Clemson today. One of them should have beat Clemson. The other one's going to be playing them in a few weeks, I believe. And Notre Dame handled both those teams on the road. I, and I'm looking at the other teams. I mean, Miami, we've already shit on them all this year. They've been absolutely pathetic. Um, also, um, Something happened. Did we mention something about Miami in the chat about the backup quarterback Garcia? Did something go on in the game over the weekend? No, he just started his first game, so I just randomly brought it up because I was watching the show that he was on. I thought he. Oh, okay. I thought something happened in the game where that, that could have been mistaken. I thought we were saying something else about Miami. Anyways, and yeah, Florida State's been mediocre. Uh, you have Georgia Tech that was supposed to be absolutely terrible, is finding ways to beat Pitt. Um, Pitt was so overrated. I feel like such a dumbass picking them. And then you got Boston College to top it all off. It was probably the most pathetically disgusting, most disappointing team in the country. So honestly, I think it all should hurt Clemson because Clemson even had a couple scares playing in this freaking conference. And yeah, I think that's doing a complete disservice to like TCU. So one more loser speaking of ACC. You were talking about Miami. Uh, they won against Virginia 14 to 12 in four overtimes. That game was nine to nine going into 
to overtime, so neither team scored a touchdown the whole game. Um, another loser, man, Tony Elliott. Talk about how to ruin a quarterback. Trace Arm- uh, Armstrong, Brennan Armstrong, that kid was good last year. It was damn good last year for Virginia. Tony Elliott comes in, now nah, the kid sucks. It's like, I thought Tony Elliott was supposed to be some kind of offensive guru. Oh, wait, you've been exposed because you basically rode uh, Trevor Lawrence's coattails the whole time. He made you look good at Clemson. Now you come here and you ruined a good quarterback with Virginia. What a mistake that hiring was. Yeah, so I was funny. My my the, uh, my friend in my group chat, he went to Virginia. He was talking all about that in the early season. He's like, we lost our offensive coordinator, and now we look like shit. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's a – a mess there i had a couple winners uh from the weekend uh obviously tennessee is a big winner again because they just look they just kicked the shit out of kentucky so they're a big winner um i i i don't know i i guess you could say ohio state was a big winner but really just only like the fourth quarter um so i mean there were more losers this week than i feel like winners i think we saw pretty much there were a lot of things that we um kind of expected and then there were a couple things where like man this team is freaking embarrassing so all right my computer just froze too so like i can't load our next topic so i don't even know I'm, actually i got one more loser so i know you guys aren't big sports <laughs> betters you guys aren't right. big sports betters but i don't know if you guys saw the uh the dude from west virginia who bet one hundred eighty-five thousand dollars on the eagles just to win 24 grand back so he bet 185k and if he wins he'd only win 24k or 20, yeah, 24K. And I don't know if you guys know this, the Texans and the Eagles game is tied 14 right now. So I'm rooting hardcore for this guy to lose his money for such a stupid bet. Oh, my God, yeah. what a moron. <laughs> That's a crazy bet. Um, um, were we just going, is your computer still frozen? Yeah, it's frozen, but I'm going to pull up my Google Doc right here. Let's, uh, I... let's go with our yeah. top six. Trevor, Trevor, what's your top six? Yeah, I mean, like I said before, it doesn't change. Um, I'm keeping Bama seven for now. Um, I know I'm not big on TCU and Clemson, but I'll still give them the benefit of the doubt till they lose. TCU six, Clemson five, Michigan four, Tennessee third. I don't have them first because that, that pass defense still is atrocious, even though their front seven is pretty fierce. But Georgia number two and Ohio State one. I put those top two still because they have a, at least a semblance of a defense to go with explosive offenses. So. Who wants to go next, Matt? Um, do, 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 do. So I have, <clears throat> I, I don't know, maybe it's just because I hate TCU, but I have TCU 8, um, Alabama 7. I have Oregon uh, Oregon 6. I have Clemson 5, Michigan 4, um, Tennessee 3, Georgia 2, and Ohio State 1. And I just feel like Ohio State has the best offense in the country right now. It's not even close. Um it's just like, I guess it's really just a shame that Big Ten teams don't really get to play anybody good until the playoffs, or at least until Michigan and Ohio State play each other. Um, and we get I fucked mean, over every year because... I know, you guys, like, it's funny, it's like I, I was watching the game, and uh, Harrison dominating, and, and Jigba got the ball, and I'm like, oh shit, I forgot they even had him on the team. Like, it's freaking, it's crazy, but um, I mean, everything's going to play out, so that's how I feel about it now. Yeah, I, so I'm just going to give my six, um... I have I have uh, TCU at six. I don't like them at all at six, but I do think that I'm going to give them credit just for being undefeated. I just don't have any faith in Clemson whatsoever, so I'm keeping them out. Um, number five, I got Alabama. I don't really like them being at five either, but I do think that Alabama is still Bama until they prove to me that they're, they're, they're a different team. They've been very undisciplined this year, but I do think they're better than TCU, and I do think that they're better than Clemson. 
Uh, number four, I have Michigan. Um, I you can I don't I didn't really agree with them being at five. I know their non-conference schedule hurt them, but I mean they've had some impressive wins. Their offensive line is dominant, and their rush attack is dominant too. So um, I think if JJ McCarthy figures it out, you know, and starts like having a downfield presence and look out, Michigan's going to you know really break things open. This is where it gets a little surprising to me. So number three, I actually have Tennessee. Um, pass defense is uh, you know a problem, but their offense is incredible. Number two, I have Ohio State. I moved them back down to two. I know that they had a very impressive win against Penn State, but I still think that their run attack has been getting off slow and also their pass protection. I mean, for the first three quarters of that game, I mean, Penn State kind of gave them, you know, a fight. And also, Sean Clifford, he threw for 375 yards. I mean, that's unacceptable from Ohio State. And that guy's not he's, – he's, he should not be putting up those numbers. I know they run the ball a lot, but I, I, there are there are a lot of things I saw in the first three quarters. I'm like, man, you can't be fucking playing this way against Michigan. And you're not going to come back. Michigan's not going to do things that Sean Clifford does in the fourth quarter, so you better clean that shit up quick. And then number one, I have Georgia. It's really more just like default. I mean, they have problems. Oregon and Bo Nix have looked, and I just think that that win's going to make it look like amazing by the end of the end of the year so i i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with them at number one for now so you guys want to get into the picks yep yeah well, sure i i i do, do you want to go to all of them because i know you guys are talking about time but we can do a quick run through if you'd like no we can do them all okay cool uh we right, usually so, do them pretty quick right all right, so in case you lose me here, just because my computer is frozen, so I'm doing my Google Doc from my app. So first game is UMass and UConn tomorrow. <laughs> UConn's favored by 15 and a half. Uh, UConn 27 to 3. Go Huskies 31 to 6. Yeah, I think UConn's going to win, but I don't. I, I think it's... Yeah, actually, I, I forgot they're playing fucking UMass. Um, yeah, dude, they're gonna win. I, I'm gonna go 34 to 34 to 10. Um, UMass. I mean, not UMass. UConn. My bad. Oh, I'm gonna say, what are you? Dude, right? I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to multitask right here between uh, putting the picks down, reading them out, and also giving my opinion on this stuff too. So, cut me a little slack here. Um, all right, we have a second Friday night matchup. Um. Oregon State, number 23 at Washington. Washington's favored four and a half. Over-under is 54 and a half. I'll do this one real quick. This is one of those dumb games where I feel like Washington will win just because it's at home and it's on a Friday night. And this is usually when unranked teams versus ranked teams prevail in the Pac-12. So give me Washington. I'm going to go 20, uh, 28 to 20. I'm in agreement with you, Zach. I feel like we get these wacky Pac-12 games every now and then when we don't expect them. The home team usually benefits from that. So I do like what Oregon State's been doing this year. Good little story. But Washington at home will prevail 20-17. to 17. Uh, Last time I rode the Washington bandwagon, they fucking let me down. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Give me Oregon State 32-21. to 21. What's that going on? I think that was me for some reason. And I had something open on my computer and ad came up. So, anyways. <laughs> Next uh, game we got, who wants to go first? Texas Tech at number seven, TCU. TCU's favorite eight and a half, over under 69. Nice. 
Um, go ahead, Matt. You want to go? <laughs> oh, I'd love to take Texas Tech. Where is this game being played and what time? It's a noon game, and it's it's at TCU. Oh, fuck. Um, yeah. No, <laughs> Texas Tech's going over a terrible loss. Uh, give me TCU, 42-17. to 17. Oh, You sounded like you wanted to put the balls on the table there. I thought you were ready. Yeah, but then I just looked at fucking <laughs> Texas Tech got blown out by Baylor last week, so. Yeah, I'm not big on Texas Tech these days. Um, TCU, I don't know. I feel like they might have a loss coming soon, but it's not gonna be. It's not gonna be Saturday. Give me 33 to 21 Texas Tech. Yeah, I agree with you guys. Wait, no, I think no, it's... Sorry, no, 33 21 TCU. My bad. Oh, okay. That's what. That's what I. I didn't even catch that for a second. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm going with TCU as well. Uh, I definitely agree with you, Trevor. I do think a loss is coming at some point, but it's not going to be this weekend. Um, this will be one of those games where, like, TCU gets out to a fast start and then they'll handily win. So I'm going with 38-21 TCU. All right. right. Ba- battles of the disappointments in the SEC. Florida at Texas A&M. A&M's favorite three and a half, under 55 and a half. A&M's playing with Connor Wegman now. It's about time they woke up. So does that help Texas A&M this weekend? Yes, this is going to be an ugly-ass game, though, but I do feel like the Aggies will prevail 19-12. to Yes, it's going to be a stupid game. Aggies are going to win. Give me 25-10. to They'll get a safety in there somewhere. Yeah, I don't I, – this this game's gross. Um, I, this, it's one of those games I feel like we're going to end up – you're going to end up watching College Game Day, get all excited for all the games, and then – Game day is going to go straight to College Station in this poop fest, so um, it's going to really just damper the noontime. Well, I can't say much because I'm going to have to fucking watch Ohio State play Northwestern this weekend. So, um, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go uh, to 19 Texas A&M. All right, all right. So next game, I'm bouncing around a little bit here so we can save the better ones for last. We'll go Baylor Oklahoma next. Uh, Oklahoma's favorite three and a half. This game is in Norman. Um, 61 and a half is the over under. What do you guys think? Um, intriguing game. Two disappointments in the conference, obviously. Um, it's in Norman, right? Yep. What time is this one? I believe this is a 3 30 game, maybe. I think it's 3 30. Yeah. yeah. All right. Three o'clock. Um, yeah, three o'clock game. I still think Baylor's right now the program is in better on better footing than Oklahoma. So give me let's go Baylor forty to thirty-three over Oklahoma. I just think Baylor is not playing well and I think Oklahoma is kind of trending in the right direction. So I'm gonna go Oklahoma big. I'm gonna go Oklahoma forty two to twenty one. Mm-hmm. Give me Baylor. 34 to 21. All right. So next we have Michigan State at number 16, Illinois. I just thought this one was interesting because Illinois is favored by 17 in this game. And the over-under is 40 and a half. (laughs) What do you guys think? Like I alluded to before, this is the final nail in the coffin in the 2022 season of Crappy ass Michigan State losers on and off the field. Give me Bielema ball. Give me Chase Brown to run over everybody. 
Um, 31 to 12, Illinois. They're 31 to 10, Illinois. Michigan can't score. Illinois has a good defense. Uh, it's going to be an easy game. I think it's going to be low scoring, but Illinois is definitely going to win. So I'm going to go 23 to 6, Illinois. Their defense is incredible. And I don't see how. Uh, They're only allowing like eight points a game, I think. Yeah, I don't see how Michigan State's going to even score more than 10 points. They barely. They could even. They could even. They barely could do anything last week against Michigan, and, and Illinois has got a better defense. Um, all right, next game we got Florida State at Miami. Classic. If this game was being played 20 years ago, this would be awesome. But we are in 2020, and it is not. Um, I'll go first on this one. I think Miami is awful. They are terrible. I think Florida State is getting back to where they need to be, and they're almost there. And I think Florida State's going to win this game. I do think it's going to be a little closer, though, because of um, it just being a rivalry game. I- I- I'll say Florida State probably scores a late touchdown and wins. 35 to 24. So give me the Knowles 35 to 24 over Miami. It's definitely not what it used to be, but this game's still fun when those these two teams get together. It's a good rivalry. But I'm I've gone from being the driver of the Miami bandwagon to now predicting the score of 33 to 3 Florida State. <laughs> is Tyler Van Dyke back? Trevor Van Dyke, is he back? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure. Hopefully, he's hit, I, hopefully he's hitting the transfer portal if he wants to salvage what little of a career he has left. I mean, I don't know. Fucking Miami just scored 12, uh, 14 points against Virginia. Four um, overtime. <laughs> no touchdowns. 41 to 24 Florida State. Might be close for a while. Florida State pulls away at the end because Trevor Van Dyke isn't good. All right. We got the battle Sad. of the. We got the battle of another ACC disappointments. Uh, the Wake Forest, number 21, at number 22, NC State. Wake Forest favored by four. I think it's simple for Wake Forest. I think if they don't turn the ball over, they're the better team and they win. So I think they're going to clean it up this week. I don't see them falling fat, flat on their face again. I'm going to go Wake Forest here in a close one, but it'll be low scoring as well. So I'm going to go 24 to 19, Wake Forest. It's just tough to pick a team that just lost to Louisville. But uh, give me NC State. 21-17. Yeah, it was a dud for Wake, but they still have an electric offense. Um, and NC State's playing with one-hand type around their back with a backup quarterback. I do like the atmosphere in Raleigh, but uh, let's go 36-24 to Wake on the road. Hold on one second. Do, 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 Sorry, I had to talk for a second. <laughs> all, right, um, all right, next, number four, Clemson at Notre Dame. Uh, Clemson's favorite three and a half, over under 44. Um, this game is very interesting. I, I know Trevor's probably rolling his eyes right now because I can't see the camera, but <laughs> Notre Dame's played really, really well against uh, ACC teams. Uh, man. I think it's going to be, I, I, you know, it was a shootout the last time they played the Notre Dame did come out and win. I think this is going to be a close game again, but I think Clemson's going to win on a game-winning field goal in a heartbreaking fashion for the Irish. Give me Clemson 30, Notre Dame 27. I so badly want to pick Notre Dame because I think Clemson's so fucking overrated. Their quarterback sucks. Um, 
but uh, Notre Dame's playing better, but they have a sucky backup quarterback themselves. So <laughs> as much as I want them to be able to run the ball down their throats, it's going to be a lot tougher with Clemson's run defense. Uh, this is going to be a low-scoring game in prime time. 20-10, to 10, the Tigers win. So what Notre Dame team is going to show up? The one that beat Syracuse or the one that lost to Marshall? That's the big question, right? Mm. I am going to put the balls on the table and go with the upset. Notre oh, Dame, 34. Clemson, 27. <laughs> We're storming the field, baby. Let's go. Love it. All right. Next game we got is going to be uh, number 24, Texas at Kansas State. This is so fucking stupid. Texas is favored by two and a half in this game, which I think is disgraceful because they're they every year they get so fucking overrated. It sickens me. Kansas State just won by 48 over a ranked team. I mean, come on, man. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Kansas State. They're probably going to be disrespected as hell by that. I'm going to go Kansas State. 41 to 24. I'm going to go big over Texas. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, I totally agree with you, Zach. This the disrespect is real. They're definitely going to use that to their advantage and let's go 38 to 24 38 24 um k-state what time is this game being played at it's a night game at k-state and they're giving <laughs> what are we doing here folks i think kansas state might be besides they had two duds but they might be the second best if not the best team in the big 12 this year Give me, you know what? I am going to go with 48-45 Texas. Oh, oh my God. After all that, and you're going to pick Texas. All right. <laughs> all right. We got the two big games now. Uh, Alabama LSU night game in Death Valley. Everyone's up on, oh, LSU's a top 10 team. Yeah, Bama's favorite 13 and a half, and they're going to win this game. I'm going to go uh, Alabama 45 to 24. I said it last week. No way in hell Alabama loses this game. They have a lot to play for still. Everything's right in front of them. Um, the last two times Brian Kelly faced um, Nick Saban, as I know personally, did not go so hot. Let's go 31 to 18, tied. Um, as we know in college football, style points matter. Fifty-five to thirteen, Alabama. Oh, <laughs> I can't wait to see if that one even comes any close. Jesus! All right, last one of the night. Tennessee at number three, Georgia, the game of the year. Um, who wants to go first? I'm gonna go first. Hold on, pulling pulling something up here. All right, Ohio. Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Oklahoma State, and Tennessee, the only five defenses in college football that give up over 300 passing yards a game. I think Georgia is going to roll in this game. I don't think it's good that Tennessee, the first college football rankings came out and Tennessee was number one over Georgia. You just have disrespect written all over it. Tennessee rolling into Athens. Give me 42 to 28. Georgia. So, 
yeah, speaking of disrespect, I don't think Eric Ainge's comments helped at all this week. He said the crowd there and Georgia's not loud at all. And Texas, oh, like, no. no, no problem going in there. So well, I, I feel like, even uh, more confident. Yeah. Um, but here's, here's the thing, man. I mean, this is X factor coming back. Cedric Tillman, he played a little bit last week. He had 200 yards receiving against Georgia last year. I don't know if you knew that. Um, I think the way Tennessee plays, very similar to what Alabama did last year, and they gave Georgia fits those two games they played them. I think we're over, I think you guys are overlooking that offensively. This is a kind of a once in a lifetime type team we're looking at with LSU. Not LSU. Yeah, right. Okay. Tennessee, wake up, Trevor. Um, I'm putting the balls on the table. The undefeated season for the Volunteers continues on another last-second field goal. 30-27, to 27 Volunteers. Damn. Yeah, I am going to agree with... Sorry, Trevor. Uh, <laughs> I, I, just think, I just think that you telling me about the bulletin board material, Georgia is going to go in this game pissed off beyond belief. And I just think that they're – I got to see Tennessee. I, I know we've seen a lot from Tennessee, but you even said it yourself early in the podcast. Remember Mississippi State was the number one team ranked in the first college rankings? I mean, mm-hmm. it's still early, and, you know, it is, those number one teams sometimes trip up. So I'm going to go Georgia. I think it's going to be high scoring, but I also think Georgia's defense is going to be a little bit of a wake-up call for Hendon Hooker as well. So I'm going to go – I'm going to go 38 to 28, Georgia. And that's my pick. All right. Do we got, hey, we just finished in at an hour and two minutes. I got one off top. I got one. I'm going to ask a non sports question every week now. Don't you okay. have to do your uh, gambling lock of the week, Matt? Don't you do like some degenerate thing too? Uh, for, well, while you guys are discussing this, I will look at my degenerate pick of the week. <laughs> okay. When. When should Christmas lights be put up? Before Thanksgiving or after? I mean, you know my uh, thoughts. I went on a big rant last year about how much I hate Christmas, so as late as possible. I just, so I, coming from a guy who loves Christmas, um, I just think that it's really dependent on your schedule. I think if you're going to be, like, if you're cooking for Thanksgiving at your own house and you're you're decorating the house for Christmas, I just think that, like, the last thing I want to do after post Thanksgiving is put a bunch of decorations up. Like, I feel like you just have more energy and more like, you know, like motivation to get that shit done. But then I know that it's going to piss off a lot of other people who are coming over and see my house fully decorated before Thanksgiving. So it's a slippery slope. Me personally, I put my decorations up every year before Thanksgiving, just because I'm usually busy as hell that whole week of Thanksgiving. And I don't have the time usually on weekends because I'm either watching football or going to Christmas parties or going to Christmas shopping and shit like that. So, and it's nice. And I love coming home to all the lights, unlike uh, the Grinch over there. So, Yeah, hi, hi. I'm the Grinch, by the way, if you didn't know. Um, I just hate the fact that all these people want to skip over Thanksgiving like they want to go right to Christmas. Oh, I don't want to. I, I love Thanksgiving yeah. so much. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. So fuck you, people who don't even acknowledge Thanksgiving. More turkey and stuff and beautiful delicious sides of football for me. So, my gambling pick of the week is UMass is gonna uh, get smoked by UConn. So take the <laughs> fifteen and a half UConn all day. Love it. <laughs> Love it. All right. 
right. So All I right, guys. think the plan for podcast people listening, we're going to try to go on Facebook Live at halftime of the game of the week, game of the year maybe, uh, Georgia, Tennessee. We'll see how that goes. We'll try it. We'll, if we're in. So we'll try Gentlemen, it. Gentlemen, have a great night. You All too. right. Thanks. <laughs> right again. Thank you for listening to the Late to the Party podcast.